Well, all right. Um, let me get this looking. Nope, that's not it either. Nope. Oh, no, the technical difficulties are here now. I was just getting the right shape. Honestly, that now. was kind of a cool look with the the Venn diagram looking uh, yeah, cameras. Wasn't that? Yeah. It's interesting. It's different. <laughs> and we're facing each other. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? That's cool. Yeah, let me get where I need to. But, um, yeah, this is the Gundam Explain podcast. This is episode 66. And uh, looking into... Uh, the chat here. Okay, so you know what? The, I'm getting the, met these messages. Okay, sorry. Um, Jedi Sela, Ian Goose. Okay, the crew is here. Nice to see everybody. Dark Samurai Neo. Um, yeah, everyone already uh, starting to chat in there, so good to see everyone. Yeah, so um, it's that time of the week where we do the Gundam Explain podcast. Um, you know, always fun to talk about Gundam. I also do on Wednesdays with Steven uh, on his channel now. If you guys haven't checked it out, yesterday's episode was hilarious. Oh, um, was we had the Saint Kingdom on. If you guys aren't familiar with them, uh, he pops in and out of our discords. Tons of cool action figure photography. Um, check out uh, Steven's video from yesterday. It's in the, uh, the the link to his channel is in the description, and then obviously you'll find the video from there. But uh, yeah, that was that was pretty cool, huh? Because uh, you know, just another, that was kind of your second guest that has uh, a background in customizing Gumpla, which, yep. which, yeah. Is, I love this trend of like, I bring on a guest to talk about Gumpla and then they find a totally un-Gundam related topic to talk to you about where it's like, oh, we're talking about Alien versus Predator. We're talking about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I think we were even going to like Star Wars action figures for a little bit there. Um, yeah, yeah. G.I. Joe. Oh, G.I. Joe. Yeah, that was another one. Yeah, that, that was pretty fun. Um, but that's yeah, the beauty of a variety podcast is it's like, yeah. you know, we just whatever comes up. That's what's that's what's fun about it, because it, it, it really allows for that free flow conversation. Because, you know, hey, there's a there's a podcast for everything, right? And sometimes doing this podcast, I want to, like, start talking about something else. I'm like, wait a minute. But, you know, sometimes to a degree you can, depending on how it's related. Um, yeah. But anyway, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, I found this cool timeline, a Gundam timeline someone made. I'm going to give credit to the person that posted it. I don't know who made it or if it – and I don't even know if it's, if it's official or not, but it gives some interesting dates because I do know that Bandai recently announced – um, or showed off some timeline or something or updated a timeline on something um, for Sunrise. Um, and then also um, in GBO2, they have that full armor striker custom. So I wanted to deep dive a little bit into that one because that's actually pretty cool. Um, yeah. But yeah. Let me switch here to this and then uh, this. Okay. Um yeah, I just want to talk about the 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 last week, the videos that came out. I did the episode three reaction of Witch for Mercury. We might talk for that with that about that for a second. Um, and then the Delta Kai Gumpla that I built. So it's actually let me actually switch back. I just like switched to this, but um, here we go. Oh, what am I pressing? So he, here is the the mobile suit, the Gumpla kit that's in that video. I mean, it just yep. looks cool. When you look at it, it's just, and I'm being careful right now, handling it, it does fall don't apart. Pose it. it's a, yeah, it's don't pose grenade. it. Yeah, don't pose it. It is a high grade one to one forty fourth scale hand grenade. <laughs> and, and that's the thing, though, because sometimes that doesn't matter, right? Because really the end okay. result on your shelf, for me, that's with the Victory 2, the Master Grade, it's the Verka. Yeah. Horrible build falls apart, but just seeing it there, which <laughs> it's actually right there um, that's how i feel about the uh the totus ritter too you oh. know it, there's just so many parts you know it's got like the sub arms it's got the the wired bits and stuff the 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 wing binders it there's so many you know articulated parts that you know if you just breathe on it wrong it'll just crumple and <laughs> oh and so that's when you have yeah, seen? yeah, yeah. I, I keep it in the in the garage studio, but um, but yeah, I still need to do something fancy with that because I feel like it deserves some love, but I haven't figured out exactly what I'm going to do to it yet. You know what I think you should, because a lot of times you'll talk about some kits that I have not seen. Someday you've got to 
maybe in a video or maybe just a shelf back yeah here yeah like... get a shelf start putting them up and you can like <laughs> yeah point them out because i'd like to see some uh, um some of the builds unless do you think you've covered every build i guess any recent one on youtube or have you not filmed them all like oh, in terms no. of Okay. Not so you've got close. We we probably have about over a dozen builds that I have that that have not seen the light of day. So oh wow, there, there's there's some good <laughs> stuff in the in the old backlog to show off. Okay. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool to see some that you've uh, put together. Uh, Neon waves in the chat. Good to see you, um, Lucas Garrett, Zionic Frenrier, uh, Matt Wheaton, uh, Brandon Hayes. Good to see you. Um, Oh, you see, uh, he's saying you see timeline better not exclude Thunderbolt. That is canon. Um, well, what's cool is this timeline incorporates all timelines. It's pretty interesting. Um, timeline. So, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see about <laughs> the that. Correct um, century. Let's see. Um, okay, back to what I was um, yeah, showing here. Um, oh, yeah, and that was it, the Delta Kai thing. Um, and just real quick, October 29th, I haven't nailed down to time yet because there's a lot of little events going on around that time halloween uh the the we will do the movie night on um discord we're gonna watch hathaway that's what was voted on um awesome movie so can't wait for that have you seen that obviously i have yeah i mean if you haven't seen hathaway there is a scene probably in the first three minutes of of the film that make the entire thing worth it um you know, as you know, you can say what you will about Hathaway as a character, but in the first three minutes, there's a scene that will. It's Chef's Kiss, beautiful, beautifully executed. Um, but I'll leave it at that. You know, spoiler free. And and that's what's amazing about the movie is it like starts strong and then it just keeps going. But it's like well paced. It's, I think. You know, if anything, all the resources into the story, the cinematography, you would think it would be live action because it it's not it, it's not like it requires a lot of animation because even the mobile suit battling is not as frequent and it's not as like spectacle like except for the fireworks. Um, true, true. Which, and, yeah. you know, even the sort of cinematography, if you will, because there's a lot of moving camera work that goes mm -hmm. on in, in Hathaway more so than uh, many of the other Gundam animes. You know, it's very similar to the Zeta Gundam, a new translation. There's a lot of like moving camera effects that they yeah. use. Um, and it really does lend a live action feel to it, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good point. I've, I think even I've noticed Zeta, uh, even the original was like trying to portray that movement uh, style within the, how they did the artwork. And it looks like even Unicorn, if you watch that, it really like uh, utilizes that. It's like a Gundam thingy uh, or UC thing, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's that. OK. Um, OK, here's some podcast questions. Um this is from Goose. Hey, Steven and Adam, out of all the Gundam games out on the market, which one do you think best depicts the Gundam series or one of its spinoffs the closest? My pick would be Gundam Breaker 3 and its closest resembles the Gundam build universe. Okay. Um, That's a strong um, answer there from Goose because it really does, you know, you you your first instinct is to try and reach for something that kind of represents one of the series like you know a yeah. uc series or like a gundam wing or something like that but you really don't think of the build build series the build universe as something that could be represented in a video game and breaker 3 does a great job of that you even have to go shopping for kits like it's, yeah <laughs> it's hilarious yeah that's that's a good one because that and like yeah the gundam breaker mobile game like it all it feels like you're like engaging in in that and that's cool because that's more of the concept rather than the feeling. But uh, so, what would be your take? What was that? What would be your take um, on that? Oh question? yeah. So there's a couple that I've thought of. Like there's, you know, the PS2 games that are very and on the Dreamcast 0079 uh, side story. The ones that are very slow moving, those best represent, I think, what you would expect being in a Gundam in a way. Um, Especially when I played that for the 
first time I didn't know anything about Gundam. I just wanted to be in a mech. And so I really had the feeling I was in a mech. And yeah. And then I would say the other one that would be a very specific thing would be Gundam Unicorn on the PS3. It only came out in Japan, but it has its own control scheme, its own look, its own, and it's, uh, you know, around the unicorn story. So it, it's like they made the game, they made the game for it to be a companion to the unicorn, not just like, oh, here's just a Gundam game. You know, it's like they're thinking about the the show. So yeah, Gundam Unicorn on PS3, even though I haven't played that much of it, um, it, it but it's just That's really, awesome. it's just this in Japanese. So it's like, it takes me a little bit to really understand what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I definitely empathize with that. Yeah. Um, let's see here. And then Ian says, Adam, Steven, did you know that a, a gun tank can dab? <laughs> but PS Goose made me ask, please ask for pictures on Discord for reference, okay? Then Ian, go ahead and post those on uh, Discord and everyone jump in and check. The link's in the description. Nice. Um, <laughs> I wonder what... Um, what that's about although really yeah the articulation on the robot spirits gun tank can dab um let's see I'm trying to see you know there's probably that delay but i want to see what ian had to say about that and then um yeah. uh this is from goose steven adam did you know that ian flies core fighters and dot fighters across his screen randomly he does and it's weird although <laughs> i do that too in fact yeah. i think i even did it on stream once I, I think I I mean, look, if you don't have just some Gundam toys on your <laughs> desk that you're, you know, frequently just kind of. Yeah, just now that <laughs> one's cool. What What is that? Is that uh, real great? Uh, the one 200 scale um, I, I, FH, HFM model Zeta Gundam. Oh. This is one of the few Zetas that uh, transforms without parts forming. So no Ooh. replacement parts. It it transforms completely on its own. I actually just realized the other day that it actually has these really neat notches in certain places that lock it into position. I never realized that. I always thought it was kind of oh. a hand grenade, kind of janky. But, you but like, there's like these little tabs on the wings that kind of hook into the body. It's awesome. Yeah, they all need to do that. In fact, sometimes they attempt it, like yeah. a kit or something, and it just doesn't really work um the transformers um you know like hasbro transformers toys do that a lot too like they have like little pegs that <laughs> you can kind of lock things into place so yeah and i tell you like there's even more stuff in japan when it comes to toys that are insane i have a friend that uh maybe we've talked about this he buys the diaclone does that sound familiar have you yeah. heard of that Those yeah that's old school sick. transformers yeah yeah that that stuff is sick like and they have like little people that go inside and and they still make new ones. It's yeah. And that's what's missing. It's having Gundam like action figure. And I don't know how big they would be, but where you would have an action figure that would go inside one. You know, um Yeah, it, it's kind of disappointing that some of the older master grades come with they come with pilot figures, but the pilot yeah. figures are grossly out of proportion with with the, the kit right oh really so yeah i mean older like master grades? one of the old like the old master grade goof custom comes with a norris packard but norris packard is like the size of the goof's leg like up to its knee oh it, interesting it's, it's like for display purposes it's okay. not really compatible with the the kit yeah i mean it's cool when the gump look uh, you know comes with it but again it's very model kit like and less toy like in that sense um but anyway yeah. um actually back to that video game thing real quick um neon wave is saying the game that uh, represents the uc best is battle for record 0081 and i think that's a favorite of yours i right. would be inclined to agree i do enjoy um battlefield record uh 0081 however i think that there are two games that probably represent uh um you know gundam the best and one yeah. of them would be zionic front on ps2 and yeah. the other one would be Rise from the Ashes on Dreamcast. Yes. And the reason I say that is because in Zionic Front and in Rise from the Ashes, I've never experienced that same level of horror when you well, like when you go up against the Gundam in Zionic Front, it's terrifying. It's <laughs> like you, you know, you feel the fear of Amaro's just counting off as he blasts your 
<laughs> you, you, like your heart starts racing when you start hearing him go like one, two, three, He's just counting off all these beam rifle shots as he wipes out your entire team. Um, and it's the same in um, in Rise from the Ashes. You know, there's that horrifying moment of Vish Donahue in the rhinoceros. And he just says, like, attention, Fetty Ace. This is Vish Donahue. And, you know, he goes on his spiel and you're like, oh, crap, this is the Zeon Ace. Like, this is the guy that's going to come whoop my yeah. ass. And that works so well because they're when you're fighting enemy mobile suits it's not like they're easy so it's not like they're fodder to get to the boss so you already have this yeah. expectation that yeah once you get to the boss it's like ah oh, crap although in the zionic front how long until you face against the gundam well so it's like around mission five or six but the oh. thing is is you're only supposed to gather information on the gundam you're not supposed to engage it in combat they're like don't fight it you're gonna lose and so it's almost like a challenge you're like ah well Come on, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's um, pretty cool. So you have to get close enough to the mobile suits to get information on them, but you don't have to actually uh, destroy them to 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 win the to to complete the mission. I see. Um, but you know, it like you said, it's kind of like the the difficulty of the game is what creates the atmosphere of the game, similar yeah. to like the old Resident Evil video games, where it's like part of the horror of playing an old Resident Evil video game is that those terrible tank controls mean that running yeah. from zombies is is hard and scary. Yeah, no, I agree. I've always thought Souls games were uh, horror, survivor horror, in yeah. my opinion. Like Souls it, is a fantastic yeah. series for that reason. It, yeah. it pulls you into the universe. And I would even say on the flip side, I was just recently playing Bowser's Fury uh, on the Switch, and that is just such a colorful, happy game as the controls feel so good platforming, you get pulled in even that way. Um, yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot of ways to engage players, and I think that, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. a lot of times it's it's got to like add in the music too, which is another thing I remember always loving the music in Rise from the Ashes. And, yeah. and you know, it, and again, it was like no familiarity with Gundam, but I like video game music, you know, like, and, and that was one for sure. You know, it's funny because... Um, and when I I didn't really get into music, as in like um, I don't know stuff pop music. I don't know until I was like sixteen. It was like The Offspring because they were in Crazy Taxi on yep. <laughs> the Dreamcast. <laughs> and, and so, um, what a great uh, time to be alive! Yeah, no, that was great, and that got me into like music and metal and stuff. But before that, I would just record video game music on a cassette tape, and like from Sonic and from Mario, and that's. I never listened to the radio or anything. Um, it's kind of weird. Uh, same here, man. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you know, the same thing goes. This is probably a little too much inside baseball, but like, audio design really does craft an experience. And there's a reason that people like podcasts is because you know when you have good audio, it doesn't matter the quality of your video because typically the the audio is what's kind of engaging people. So, mm. oh okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, because I've been learning a lot with even the mic, like how to like tweak the mic to make it sound a certain way. It's a lot goes into that. That's a science for sure. Um, see, and that's where we can get off subject um, <laughs> for a second. Um, okay, headed back to this. Um, all right, here's from Jeff. Hey, y'all. I My really enjoyed Jeff. the, the <laughs> short novel that was released for The Witch for Mercury, and it got me thinking, would you read more Gundam novels if they were released in the West more often? If so, what kind of stories would you like to see novels of? I personally want to read a translated version of the G Savior novel to satisfy my strange fascination with G Savior. Yeah. A fellow G Saviorite. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's you know, it's an interesting one because I think personally I have this mental block of reading. And we were talking about it before, like that. That light novel from which from Mercury really just looked like an article in Medium. Some someone wrote about you know yeah ancient pyramids, and I was like, oh, I'll read that. And so you know it wasn't that long. And <laughs> but I also have the the novelization of the Gundam trilogy, and I've read the first maybe chapter or two, and I just yeah. I don't read, but after that Witch from Mercury novel, I was intrigued because. The only other time I've read something through and enjoyed it, I mean, I was like addicted, was the Plagueis novel, the Star Wars. This was right before okay. it was Disney. 
and it that's like the best book I've ever read. Like the background, it's like it has horror elements, but also you know Star Warsy stuff going on, and it's deep into lore. Like it goes into the deepest, darkest crevices of Star Wars lore, right? So that's reading cool. this Witch for Mercury light novel, I, I was getting that sense because they're talking about the world that, you know, what's happening in this wor- world. And so, um, I mean, but that, Stephen, do you read books, novels? <laughs> I do, yeah. Um, that's cool. I, I, I would be ashamed if I didn't, you know. Um, most recently, I started uh, picking up on the Michael Moorcock um Elric of Mel Melnibane. I always want to say like Melnibone, but uh, Elric of Melnibane. Um, I've been reading some of the some of the books out of that series, but um, yeah, you know, it's it's hard for me sometimes to engage with uh with with novels and things like that because if if there's not something to really hook you, you know, you're you're kind of struggling to find your place in there. Um, I think that there, there are definitely some great speculative fiction novels um, like Machine Man and Shades of Grey that I really enjoy. Not Fifty Shades of Grey, just Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Didn't want to read that later and be like, hmm, is this what's <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> oh, that, that's what Steven's into? No. Oh. But bringing it full circle back into Gundam, you know, the last like Gundam um novelization that i read well short novel i guess you'd say um, was gundam sentinel i'm a big fan of the story in gundam sentinel um it was you know it it was published as like a serial in the model graphics magazine kind of as a companion to the to the gunpla that came out with it and you know the the story of it is is interesting and cool but you know as as a written story it's kind of terrible. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be honest. Is like oh, so like if it was just a standalone story, it wouldn't be that interesting. But you're saying within Gundam, it's well as a standalone story, it's good. It's just the writing's terrible. I mean, it's um, oh okay. Th- you you open up with a scene of these two Titans officers that are complaining that um there are no girls in space to date. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, it's okay. like, you know, uh, of all the things going on in the one year war <laughs> and with 0083 and like, you know, you've got Zeta, the the grips conflict on the horizon. These guys are complaining because they can't get dates in space. It's like, <laughs> come well, on, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah, because I, I, I found uh, the link to it because I really want to read it um, and actually do a video or, you know, uh, audio thing a read-along whatever um i'd, I'd love that i mean i, I thought oh, that cool. um that that your asmr witch from mercury <laughs> uh video was fantastic i, th- okay, I would love cool. to hear hear you narrate the um the, uh, the 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 glorious drama that is gundam sentinel yeah <laughs> the and boys so that's that's what was interesting with the the Witch from Mercury Light novels, because after I read it, I was like, well, if I'm going to read this, I kind of want to add a little difference to each person, but then I would have to know ahead of time. So I, and and I was like wanting to do it in one take too, but really I'd have to put time into doing it right if I'm going to yeah, do it and go through each chapter. We ought to assemble a team of like, you know, people to do like a table read. So that each uh-huh. person kind of re- reads different characters, uh, do it like voice actor style. I like that. Yeah, that that is cool. Um, okay, uh, let's see. What was the other? Okay, and then, but if they made not, you know what I like. Okay, the G Savior thing's a great idea because a lot of times, you know, these stories are written in a novel format, and they really have a lot of good. It's almost like reading the novel G Saver would probably be a lot more interesting than the movie, even though I defend the movie a lot. But I like what they did with The Witch for Mercury because that was short enough, but it had good information. I'd almost wish they, and they probably maybe already do this to some degree, but any every series would have like a, here's a little beforehand light novel, which I would, I want to say they probably do. I know I'm always seeing things posted about Seed or manga, yeah. I guess, more. That seed. So now I have a question for you. Um, how do you feel in general about multimedia storytelling? And by that, I mean, you know, there's a lot of context that the Witch from Mercury light novel gives towards the story in a similar way. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of context to the novel novelization of the rise of Skywalker where, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you probably like don't understand like why Palpatine was able to come back. It's just like, Oh, Palpatine's back. And they, they don't really explain it in the movie. You have to like go seeking out the extra lore in books. How do you feel about that as a storytelling strategy? You know, do you think it's like, is it a commerce grab? Is it, engaging people on different levels in order to meet them where they are what what are your thoughts on that yeah no that's a good one i've thought about that before so i think like with rise of skywalker a lot of that was bad writing in terms of like they wanted to do this and that and then they're like okay later we'll explain it in this way and then you know sometimes there's movies out there and i can't really think of anything right off the top of my head but they do like the comic books that like say what happened a little bit beforehand but uh, Southland Tales is a good example. Oh, okay. Southland wow. Tales has a comic book and then the movie that, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, and it's interesting because I think it depends on what the fandom is, like what the IP is. And like if, because some things I like, if it's anything that's related to like the MCU, I don't like, even though that would be all movie related, really, they wouldn't have. Yeah. Because if they do the video games, it's always like a separate universe than the the films um yeah i don't know i i like i like how gundam i like how in general gundam does it though because it's not that it's necessarily story but let me say like the gunpla almost gives you that lore of the engineering or of the mechanics so you're watching the show and you see a mobile suit and you see an action but then to be able to hold it maybe build it and look at it you get more context of the suit and then when you're watching it again, you might get a better visual representation in your mind of what you're seeing through the action. Yeah, yeah. I buy that. Yeah. I mean, that that's – I love doing that. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, even with, like, Star Wars, a movie will come out, and then I'll get the toys of the movie. I'll play the video game. You know, it's – that stuff is kind of related. So when they put lore into other stuff, yeah, if it's a fandom you're into, yeah, definitely. Uh, but do you – are there any examples from any uh, IP that you consume? Um, I'm struggling to think of one off the top of my head that I really enjoyed. You know, for the most part, I like when there's alternative media out there that provides, you know, extra context. I don't yeah. like it when that extra context is necessary to understand the whole the whole plot. Um, th- that example I brought up earlier, Southland Tales, you can watch the movie Southland Tales and get what's going on without having read the comic book. But the comic book does not hold up on its own. The comic mm-hmm. book is very much supplementary to the movie, and it might help you appreciate some things uh-huh. more or less, but it's really fluff. It's not necessary to the story. And so then you kind of got to ask yourself, like, does the alternative media hold up as its own thing? Or is it just supplementary to the main thing that they want you to consume? Now, with with the example of Gunpla, you know, if you buy yourself a, a toy mech, you're going to love that thing, whether you know the story behind it or not. Yeah. So I think that there's there's value there where it's, I'm appreciating this as a model kit, and also I appreciate its place in the lore. Yeah, you gave a good example. It reminded me of Twilight Axis because that's almost like on its own, it might not even make even Unicorn. Although I've heard a lot of people say they like Unicorn, even not seeing previous Gundam, but Twilight Axis has a lot of interesting Char and Char's counterattack related stuff that I, I on its own, I think it seems interesting because it's this mysterious relationship with this pilot and the engineer or the other mobile suit pilot. Yeah. And the girl, and then what's going on with the Federation. Um, But I guess if you don't really know Gundam, yeah, that story would, might not make sense. So yeah, yeah, that's definitely, yeah. Pretty cool. Um, Yeah. Web Fox 100. Good to see you in here. It was saying uh, the first JJ Star Trek film had a comic that explained how things led to the film. Um, so that, so that's interesting. I, I, yeah, that's another JJ thing. Yeah. Old JJ, old (laughs) JJ in the mystery box. The mystery box is the comic book that you have 
to buy to no. oh yeah <laughs> Honestly, the the first the first uh movie held up on its own like you didn't need to read uh you know a comic book in order to understand the first jj star trek it, yeah it's i i i think those jj star trek films are okay i just i'm not that much into star trek but although i also appreciate like timeline stuff and but yeah which we're going to get to actually uh here in a hey, second speaking um, of I, nice segue <laughs> yeah i know right um yeah i think lucas said he had to head off to work uh or oh, i just get to work early so yeah have a good night lucas garrett um okay let's yeah move on to that timeline um okay let me make sure that is showing up the way i want it's kind of weird so someone posted this on reddit and um their name is Aki 008035 um now, to be clear this is a chart that came out a few years ago but it's been modified to accommodate some of the new stuff that's come out since then so is this official i don't think it's official oh but... yeah fall dogs yeah. fall dog God, yeah holy macaroni look at that i don't think we'll go through this today <laughs> but holy holy macaroni okay so really wanted to look at this because it's interesting that it shows universal century and like even how far back uh you know it started because we're even seeing for um double o the 2307 right in ad so this is almost confirming that Maybe that rumor or rumor or whatever myth I heard that UC was really AD. Um, it was like after 1999, it went zero, double zero. Maybe. Um, but, I think that this this chart kind of shows all these different timelines happening um, yeah. at the same time, but not necessarily, you know, it doesn't show them kind of happening in a particular order. It's just kind of like... Oh, yeah. It's vague Parallel. as to what, what order they kind of... All, all that we know for sure confirmed by Tamino is that they all end with the correct century. Okay. And so that's I, I that's one I haven't watched yet, and I can't wait. Um, turn A. Um, yeah. It, and I guess, like, okay, so there's After War. There's... Um, or that's Gundam X, yeah. Right. Uh, um... And then age is another one. I haven't even watched age or X. Um, there's a lot there's... of AU stuff out there. And and some of it's really yeah. good. Some of it's not so good. But it all brings some interesting stuff to the table. Age has some awesome mobile suit designs. Yeah, you know, I've noticed that too. It's funny when you come across something like, what's this from? And it's like, I've never heard of that. But, um, yeah. you know, I wonder, I don't know your take, Stephen, but like, does it seem like, it seemed like these timeline, these lines here, all seem to go to correct century. So that just means these others aren't included in that. Um, oh yeah, I guess that they don't connect there at the end, huh? Yeah, do they? Yeah, I wonder if that's what that's representing. So um, perhaps which is so. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of those ones that come after afterward were also made after. Um, after turn a right um like double o yeah, right after... and g so um I, yeah i don't know about gundam x i have no idea that time uh gundam x i think came around mid 90s because it was similar similar timeline to uh gundam wing but um okay yeah that's yeah. uh it's, it's fascinating to uh to see it all in perspective like this but this is one of those things where it's you know you can't argue about Gundam canon because it's all canon. Yeah. But it's, you know, <laughs> I like it, I, <laughs> but in what way it's one of those fascinating things where it's like, I love talking about it, but why does it matter? And, and it, it, it's like the same <laughs> yeah. thing with maps. Do you, do you notice that sometimes you'll just want to look at a map and just keep looking at it? Or is that just me? No, that's my favorite kind of books yeah. are the ones that have maps in the beginning. Oh, okay. To, you know, <laughs> well, and then someone is saying, you know, I love that picture of, 
timelines, Il Sendog. And that just remind me, it's something about, there's something drawn. I don't know if it's the information, the order of information, but there's something like a map or this where I'm drawn to it. And I'm like looking at everything and almost like wanting to, yeah, take it all in. Um, anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm just, fascinated by infographics. So like, yeah. you know, timelines, I guess infographics, they're, they're very... Like, I love tech trees. I'm sure you enjoy like a tech tree, yeah, exactly. You know, where you it's where it's like, you know, you've got Zaku one, Zaku two, and then it branches the off. And, oh, See, yeah. This, this habit, this behavior, it it's all related to some core thing. And I'm, I'm wondering what that is like, some sort of information processing or uh, that our brain wants to do. We love categorizing things. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, maybe we are more machine than we realize. Um, it's what we were built to do. And, yeah, we were probably like built by aliens to manage a server. Like physically, we were like inside, like managing. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the apocalypse came, aliens left. Now we're just on social media all the time with our technology. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I was going to say, Neon Wave Turn A uh, was meant to be the final Gundam show, but the franchise just made Bandai too much money to finish off. I mean, that's always good. Um, okay, so that was that. And then the other thing I wanted to bring up had to do with in GBO2 uh, announced the full armor striker custom, which is pretty cool because, like, from GBO2, I that's where I learned there was full armor stuff, and that's where I learned there was a striker. And, you know, someone want to bring up because... It, you know, when you say, like, how do you get into, how can I get into Gundam? It's like, well, if you like video games, see if you like GBO2, because you will learn so much about the mobile suits just by playing it. Like, yeah. even he, seeing this mobile suit, I've never heard of it before, but I know I've heard of parts of it from playing GBO2, and uh, I, I was able to visualize what that is. Um, you know, I did not buy a Gaplant uh, model kit until after I got the gap plant in GBO2 and I was like, oh. this thing's badass. Nice. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, I think it works that way. Um Sometimes, especially yeah. like the weapons. Like I like how they make it true to the weapons uh that you would expect the mobile suit to use. Oh yeah. Now um, is there anything that we don't have a full armor version of yet? Like is there a full armor ball? Like <laughs> oh there you go. A full armor ball. Um hmm I like weapon that. Weapon to surpass Metal Gear. Man, what else could they do full armor of? Uh, uh, and I guess they have things that are maybe named differently, like the Gundam Mark II has that Super Gundam. Um, right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, there was a there was a whole joke running on Twitter about like, well, if Gundam's so good, how come there's no Gundam two? And it's like, someone <laughs> of course, someone took the joke too literally and was like. <laughs> There actually was a Gundam Mark II, a Gundam Mark III, a Gundam <laughs> Mark IV, and yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, that's good. Um, so yeah. Anyway, to get a, a look at this, I, I went to the wiki article for this to see where the background of that, where it came from. That was Mobile Suit Gundam Katana, and Very cool. you know, there's just this drawing of it. Uh, although it looks like what you would expect a full armor um gundam to look like uh the striker custom part so if i'm not mistaken i i was assuming the striker but it was like a melee focused um and it didn't have it where it had the two giant uh beam sabers on the front yeah something like that yeah, and then yeah like a like a beam javelin type weapon yeah let me see on here okay striker custom yeah if we were to look at that and it was like a ground hmm. type. That even looks different than, you know what I'm thinking? I'm wait, that looks different than what's in um, GBO two. So that's what I'm thinking. Just the striker. Yeah. So there's the striker, the striker custom, and now there's a full armor striker custom. <laughs> that is Which that is the it's, question, it's is there a regular full armor striker? <laughs> that's no. not a custom well no that reminds me because they even put the rigazi custom in gbo2 but they didn't put the rigazi in there unless it is now but um oh yeah yeah the that's interesting in there. it's it's a v-fin type i like the way the striker custom looks actually 
Um, yeah. I mean, because it looks like a straight-up Gundam. Um, Bonds I, of the I Battlefield. There's a, there's a bit of that psychological warfare going on there where, oh. you know, we're going we're gonna to take this striker, <laughs> this GM, we're going to paint it white, we're going to give it a V-fin, and Xeon pilots are going to, you know, wet their pants when they see it. Well, yeah, it says the Gundam-like head contains a special Demon Blade AI system that can awaken the latent new types capabilities of its pilot and create special dust-like ultra-vibrating material for offensive purposes. That that sounds pretty sick. Dust-like. <laughs> yeah, dust-like. It's like a little nanoparticle. Yeah, that... That's- that um, sounds more advanced than the new Gundam. If we're yeah, if we're talking yeah. about like new type weaponry, <laughs> yeah. um, okay, the two okay, so there was two striker customs that ever existed, and they were later combined. That sounds like a, a Power Ranger thing, together with the armor from FA seventy eight. Oh, from the Gundam Alex, uh, the uh, Gundam Alex armor to make the full armor striker custom. So there you go. So interesting uh where was that at i need to go back oh no that wait yeah this is the full go. armor yeah. striker custom is it's it's two of the striker customs and an alex combined fascinating what a development tree that thing had huh. <laughs> it's fascinating yeah that is um okay i want to see if there's anything else interesting about this one that's in yeah the one that's in the game First showed up in 84. Um, tons of weapons. I saw that it was like a 500, so it's not like super crazy, I guess, for the time period. That works. Um, you know, it looks really cool. It, it actually does look uh, pretty cool. That would be something I'd get a model kit of. Oh, that's very interesting. It has like a little, like a torn ribbon or something on the side. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet color scheme. Yeah. That's yeah, very cool. Um yeah, it reminds me of oh the stuff that's in um, uh, the noisy fairy. I keep forgetting yes. the name. Yeah, GB. Yeah, the noisy, noisy fairy unit. Yeah, uh, code fairy. Um, oh yeah, code fairy. I see a uh, little send dog in chat is asking, "What's your favorite full armor unit?" What would you uh, answer that? You know, I don't know. It might be that that we just saw, but like, is is the Alex? with the Chovan armor considered a full armor because you never see it say that, right? It just says like Chovan armor. It never says like, yeah. Otherwise and the fact that it can, well, no. Cause I mean, even the full armor Gundam in Thunderbolt purges the, the armor plates and operates as a Gundam without the full armor yeah. at, at a certain point. So yeah, I mean, it, it, I guess it depends on your definition of full armor. Yeah. I think if it's in the name, just like yeah. <laughs> says Gundam, it's a gun. No, what about you? Is there is there any other full armors you could think of? Um, I only recently stumbled on the artwork for the full armor Mark II, which is pretty sweet looking. Um, if you haven't checked it out, uh, you know, hit up the Gundam wiki and, and check out images of that because it's a lot more aggressive looking. It's not quite as blocky as some of the the one year war full armor units. Um, so yeah. I, I really kind of dig that. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to check that one out. Um, oh, no, no, Robert, the call and waiting is actually not available. Now I'm at this new platform. I got to figure out how um, we'll do that. Um, Zionic Shadow saying, I like the design of it, but it looks like a slow target on the battlefield. Yeah, that's the thing with some of those. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Zoom Zoom is saying the beam sabers I field uh, are formed into a katana beam blade. Now that's pretty cool. Um, I, I yeah. noticed they could do some cool things sometimes with the beams. Yeah, you know, like in the stuff that comes with the Stardust Memory uh, Gundams, they have like the bayonet thing that, and I don't understand that. Is it just like a directed beam to kind of act as a guard? In a way? So uh, the way I understand it is they basically contain you know, raw beam energy within an eye field. So they can project that eye field into any sort of shape that they want and then just fill it, you know, kind of like an energon cube and transformers just fill it with beam energy, yeah. um, which kind of begs the question, like, 
if they had that kind of small scale eye field technology that early in the one year war, why wasn't it until much later that they deployed eye field technology as a defensive measure to block yeah. beam weaponry? But yeah, that yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I wonder if they maybe couldn't get it wide like surface or something. But that is or kind of a, a lot of energy. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, that's a good one to think about because I'm sure someone officially in Sunrise has documented an answer to that. So you know, um, and and credit where it's due is like at least Gundam goes that extra mile to explain how their beam sabers work. Um, you know. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but Star Wars has never quite explained how the, the cross hilt on uh, Kylo Ren's lightsaber works. Do, have they? <laughs> I think something. I, I think Stephen they Colbert actually said have, something about it. <laughs> no, I think after the fact, it might be like the kyber crystals are so powerful they had to have exhaust vents on them. Okay. Like, so if they built it that way, I mean, I think they designed it cool, and then after the fact, but you know, it's um, it, it it's it, cool though because like even recently i've been you know i like to read around about science stuff and they're talking about the you know the zero point energy and you know sometimes when i'm being reminded of how they explain the technology in gundam they really go as far as they can to match up with like our known as far as we gone like the idea of the eye field manofsky particle and look when we're we're looking at when we see how electrons their behavior is and how wait couldn't we possibly draw some more energy from somewhere you know and and then could that explain quantum mechanics so i like that that mystery opens up the only thing you know i i find this i feel like there should be a word for this concept you know how there's like a concept in 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 japan there'll be a word for something oh yeah like so it's this would be for when a movie or in the future, any sort of media property movie or something depicts UFOs because they naturally just exist anyway. So like the characters can be doing something and UFOs will appear, but that's just because that happens and we don't have an explanation. And then what will happen when the, I don't know why I'm going down. I don't, this I don't know where, where, I don't know where you're going with this, but I'm along for the ride. So sign me up. <laughs> So then does that change how we make stories in the future if we, like, find out UFOs really are aliens that came and created us and then now we make movies that are completely different? And they... Well, and, and the wild part would be, like, our grandchildren are, like, watching old movies, like, hey, where are the UFOs? If, yeah, you know. yeah, that that's interesting. You know, you know, and I was, I actually cut this out of my reaction for Witch from Mercury. Uh, I actually went down this route of UFOs because... I got to give it to Witch from Mercury how it depicts the use of cell phones. It's like as often as you would kind of think it's connected to the device. That's how the, they get contact information and communicate with each other. You see people on like when uh, they were in the bathroom playing the game, Yorine was playing the game. Like there's yeah. so many ways cell phones are depicted and it's like that. It's like if we look at. Which is such an ugly like trend in media is it's like. You know, in real life, we sit at the dinner table and everyone at the dinner table is all on their cell phones and not talking to each other. Now we start to have TV shows and movies where people are on their cell phones and not interacting with with each other. It's like this is well, this is boring. Well, see, and that's interesting because it's like, OK, that's a depiction that a lot of us can relate to. But then you would think, OK, so it's like right now, if kids are watching old, old futuristic sci-fi movies and people aren't using cell phones you know to communicate like it that's oh, yeah. like so like okay that obviously that's but like you would then think maybe in a star trek future or even a gundam future there wouldn't be a need of cell phones maybe part of it is societal maybe as a society we've been able to go beyond the need of constantly having something connected because i mean think about a hundred years ago no one's going dude i texted you like an hour ago where were you like <laughs> well i think someone made a joke about like um you know the top 10 90s movies that would have been solved by cell phones yeah but it's like you know because obviously you can think of a whole bunch of conflicts in film and television that could have been solved if only you could pick up the phone and call the person and tell them yeah. um but of course their example was a humorous one they're like oh you know it's john mcclain standing over um Hans Gruber and he smashes him in the face with an iPhone like oh. and and that's how he you know knocks him off the building kind of thing. Uh yeah. 
but you know you're right i mean i think that and i think that gundam kind of pre um pre-screened that eventuality is you know we 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 take the internet for granted we take cell phones for granted and wi-fi and things like that but as a result of Manovsky particles or plot particles, whatever you want to call them, the mm-hmm. excuse that that Gundam created for having mobile suits in the first place, long range wireless communication is not possible anyway. So the idea that, oh, well, even if they had cell phones, they would have had limited use anyway. Yeah. And so. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's like they built in something to kind of save it future proof it um exactly which, yeah which is actually a yeah, pretty cool that's uh that's a good idea um well cool you know what i think that'll be it for this one um yeah um you know not too much crazy stuff to talk about uh, you know which for mercury came out um uh that, you know the latest episode and that's really about it can't wait for the next one um i'm not working on any builds right now after that delta kai i kind of taking a break i think the next one might be my pale rider uh but steven what are you are you working on anything um well i am currently in the process of reassembling after i've painted it the custom bawu that i've been working on a little high grade bawu that i started ages ago and um nice. right now it's just looking a little you know navy blue and black but um you know, we're going to get in there and hand paint some details. Maybe we'll do it on stream. Um, not next oh. week. I've got, I've got a guest on for, uh, for next week, but, Ooh. um, maybe the following week heading into November, we'll start doing some hand painted gunpla, which I know is That's a cool. touchy subject. Yeah. 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 I guess you have a video, an infamous video about it. Yeah. I might have to unprivate that video and <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Well, cool. Yeah, check out the links in the description because I have Steven's stuff all down there um, and all the other supporters, too, that uh, have that tier. I have links to their stuff in, in the description. Yeah, check out uh, yeah, the Discord. Appreciate. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the Patreon and there's YouTube membership things, too. So anyway. Yeah, um, get on before movie night. Oh, yeah, that's right. For the movie night for Hathaway. Yeah. So anyway, exactly. um, yeah, thanks all. Uh, have a good night. We'll talk later.